0: On this episode of Just In Case You Forgot, I'm going to talk to Stacy Colbert's sister, Danielle, and the sorority sisters about the day they had to pack up and move Stacy's things out of her Governor Square apartment. Um, I saw the dishes on the microwave
1: I'd given her from our apartment, and they were like inside of a crime scene, which is really uh, unnerving. I-, I know that I never felt like there was any hope that she was alive, I felt like she was too feisty and i could not imagine how someone would be able to force her out of her apartment alive let alone keep her somewhere
2: and at first when i looked at it my thought was he had kicked the door open to leave but then i realized her door didn't open out it was a residential door it opened inward he had kicked that door shut to keep her in
0: the apartment had been treated like a crime scene 23 year old stacy was still missing Detectives were running out of new leads to follow.
3: I, in my heart, and this is my heart—I don't have the physical evidence—in my heart feel like this was someone that was an acquaintance of Stacy. That it was someone that Stacy probably recognized. I'm not saying it was like a friend, but I think someone that Stacy knew because she let that person in their house. I did not see any acts of violence like in the entryway and everything like
0: that now on just in case you forgot
4: just in case you forgot podcast is produced and hosted by william swafford music was put together by william swafford
0: start off this episode i want you the listener to try to mentally put yourself into the situation your family member or friend has been missing for months The day comes when you have to go to that family member's or friend's place where they lived and pack up their things, everything that they own, before even knowing what happened to that family member or friend. I cannot imagine what feelings a person would feel when packing up a loved one's place before even knowing what happened to that loved one. Stacy Colbert had lived in the Governor Square apartment complex in 1998. A few months after Stacy had gone missing, the people who run the Governor Square Complex wanted to take possession back over Stacy's apartment. That way the apartment could be rented out to someone else. A little information about Ohio laws. In the state of Ohio, a person who rents or sells a home or an apartment, they do not have to tell you if something bad has happened there. A person can move into a place where a violent crime has happened without ever knowing it. I asked Danielle if she remembered how long it was after Stacy had gone missing when they had to pack up stacy's apartment. Stacy's apartment had been treated like a crime scene.
5: um God, how soon was that? It wasn't very soon like as soon as the police said that they had to let the apartment go, i want to say it was a couple of, i want to say it was in may I think it was a couple of months like because they they did it as a as a um what do you call it um um a crime scene so eventually governor square wanted us them to to release it so it was really really hard and um I couldn't do it I went there and my friends and her friends her sorority sisters were the ones who ultimately packed up her place um I it was just too much I couldn't do it it made it too real they were amazing. I, I don't honestly. I don't know what I would have done without
0: them. For myself, someone who has a lot of questions about this investigation, I want to know how the apartment looked when people first walked in on that day. They had to pack up Stacy's things. Like I already said, and you heard Danielle say, Stacy's apartment, apartment A, had been treated like a crime scene. Law enforcement was there on the day Stacy's apartment was being packed up by her family and friends. Alicia had helped with Stacy's apartment. I asked her how things looked to her when she first walked into the place.
3: Like she was just there. Like it, 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 it looked like somebody had just like like when you walked in like you walk in and there was like this tile area or laminate or whatever When you walked in her bedroom was to the left it looked like a typical stacy bedroom like she was not exactly the neatest person so when you walked in like you would see like clothes on the floor things that look totally normal for stacy and like everything looked normal you look to the right and there was her living room you see like her couch and like she just got a brand new tv and it was still there and then kind of like behind when she go in the living room there was like a little like to the corner like up into the left the kitchen area that looked like just normal like someone could have been there a couple hours ago and then to the right um was the patio. I think the thing that just was awful about that too. So from the physical setup, that's how it was. But then you have this like, it was set up normal, but then you had the black fingerprint dust on where they were dusting for things. That that just brought it home to like, oh my gosh, this, I am standing where like Stacy took her last breath where you think about, like, oh my God, this is where it happened. She must have been so scared. And it was uh, oh God, sorry, yeah right. it just like, oh, sorry, And just seeing her car there, it just, I don't know. I mean, can you imagine like walking into your own home of a loved one? And this, like, seeing, like, everything that, like, she used day to day and touched and, like, just living her life, doing her job, being a friend, being a sister, and then there's, like, evidence from the fingerprint, and the police, and it was, it's something that you, you never think you would experience. It's only something you think you would see on TV. It was not great. It was awful. It was, it's, just, it's, just, it's such a surreal time. Like when you go through it, you just feel so surreal, numb, angry, hurt, grieving. It's just, I can't describe the emotions. Scared. Everything.
0: Alicia was questioned by law enforcement on the day she helped with Stacy's apartment.
3: It was, I remember like... We were at Governor's Square. We were helping her sister move stuff out of her apartment and just being there, the law enforcement was there. I remember the pol- sitting in the police car and they were asking me like, do you recognize this name? Do you recognize that name? Does this person look familiar? And just being, I didn't recognize the names and just being so overwhelmed and numb and surreal um they would just like ask and i can't i, gotta, I wish i remembered all this stuff i didn't realize like how important it was to like i wish i wrote things down more when i was talking to the police but i didn't they did ask me about some people i can't even remember who they are now and then none of the names that they they presented um rung a bell, they did share like the neighborhood screams. I just remember like them describing to me that the neighborhood heard screams and they couldn't go back to sleep, that her door was ajar for days and the cat was outside and just being sad and angry about like, how, how can you walk past an apartment every day and see the door ajar? and like not call someone. How can you hear screams and just not call someone? It was it was just a it was a lot of emotions and it was grief, it was anger, it was everything. Um the police once in a while would like check in, but It just made me realize, like, too, like, you would think, like, oh, my gosh, the the police are involved, it's going to be, like, what you see on the TV shows, they're going to have all these clues, and they're going to figure this out, and, you know, we're going to know within, like, a week or two, they're going to solve this crime, and, like, life does not work that way, like, they have ideas, but then they don't have enough information to like potentially like arrest people and things like that because they're balancing risk. And like, do we have enough to even do that? Or do we not do that? Like they're dependent hundred percent on other people telling them things like they're at that time, like back in the nineties, it was, it's not like what you see in TV shows. It's I, it's, they don't, they didn't have a cell phone technology. Like when I think about like, Like, when I watched the news and I saw the Idaho murders and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, it's amazing what the police had access to. They were using GPS and cell phone towers. They were using ring cameras. They had, like, all this technology where they could make those connections. Like, we didn't have any of that, like, back in the 90s. It was 100% like dependent on, like, if somebody told you something. Like, I did not feel, like, great about about how it was handled and even just like the stupid things like oh she's just a missing person because you know did she you know go off someplace and things like that and like how long it takes from the point where someone's identified as missing to it being like a potential homicide I just it was I it was just confusing and I just didn't understand and there's just I just it was just not Something that I ever imagined would happen to her or her family or us. And I thought they would be able to do what you see on TV, but life doesn't work that way. And it was so disappointing.
0: Alicia did mention something about seeing fingerprint dust. But what did that fingerprint dust reveal? What else did people notice on that day when they first walked into apartment A? At Governor Square, here's Katie talking about the day she helped with Stacy's apartment.
1: The afternoon that we had to move her things out of her apartment at Governor Square, um, I think we, we had to move them into temporary storage with her uncle just because the um, you know apartment complex wanted us to do that. And so the police had come with us to the apartment. And they were showing us some photos of various men and asking some questions while we were moving stuff out. And it was... Um, the, the crime lab had already been through her apartment, so they had, you know, taken some samples and things out of there and, like, fingerprinted things. And it was really, um, I, I saw the dishes on the microwave I'd given her from our apartment, and they were, like, inside of a crime scene, which is really uh, unnerving. I, I know that I never felt like there was any hope that she was alive. I felt like she was too feisty, and I couldn't imagine how someone would, be able to force her out of her apartment alive, let alone keep her somewhere. Uh, I mean, I couldn't, having moved things out of her apartment, I couldn't even imagine how someone got her from her apartment door to a car, even if the car was parked like in the closest spot um, without risking being seen. But you know, in, in 1998, there weren't likely surveillance cameras anywhere.
0: I already know that there was a media leak about a piece of carpet that had a blood stain on it that was taken out of Stacy's apartment. However, up to this point, I had no idea what room of the apartment that the carpet had been taken out of. Here's Paula.
2: It, it was surreal. Um, One of the first things I noticed when we walked in, I couldn't go into her bedroom. I think maybe her mom and sister went into her room. I, I couldn't do it. Um, my husband and I, we mostly were focused on boxing up um, her family room, and I th- Alicia and Katie were definitely there. Ashley was definitely there. There may have been other people I don't remember, um, but I, I feel like Alicia and Katie were mostly in the kitchen. It was kind of one area when you walked in the door, you walked kind of right into her living room. Her bedroom and bathroom were off of the living room, and then the kitchen was off to the right as you walked into the apartment. But the first thing that I noticed was just a huge piece of carpet was gone. And there was a detective there watching, of course, watching us all very carefully. Um, and I asked him about the carpet. And he told me that um, they had overreacted and taken too much carpet. There was just cat blood on it. Well, One of the, I think it might've been Alicia. Someone didn't know I had asked the detective this question. Either Alicia or Katie also asked about it and they were told it was cat poop. And then I feel like a third person asked about it and they were told it was just a little bit of Stacy's blood. It might've been from when she cut herself shaving. Like they were pretty evasive and didn't want to tell us about that, um, carpet that was missing, Um, I remember one of the chairs in her kitchen was partially broken. Um, I kind of assumed that she had tried to use it to defend herself. Um, probably the eeriest thing, what I still can see in my sleep is a footprint on the back of her door. It was large. It was definitely a man. That's why I will always speak of her murderer as he, it was definitely a man's shoe and at first when I looked at it my thought was he had kicked the door open to leave but then I realized her door didn't open out it was a residential door it opened inward he had kicked that door shut to keep her in and her there were her tiny little handprints on if I don't remember it was tile or linoleum but the police had dusted them and they were there right inside the front door um it was, it was awful. But other than that, I mean, the scene was, it was very sterile and sanitized. There wasn't any trace of blood or bodily fluids any place. It just, everything was just there as if she had just gone jogging or something. I believe her refrigerator door was open. Um, I think the breadsticks might have still been on that counter too. They were gross. I think they might have still been there. Um, I remember being told that her bedding was not on her bed, that her comforter was missing. But Danielle told us the police had taken all of that because they were looking for DNA. Um, So I believe the police do have her bedding. I know for a while there was a rumor that the murderer had wrapped her up in her comforter and taken her. But I don't think there's any validity to that.
0: Hey true crime fans, if you like Just In Case You Forgot, you will also want to check out Murderers in Ohio on YouTube. Murderers in Ohio is about men and women who have been convicted of murder in the state of Ohio, and it is hosted by myself, Bill Swafford. So go to Murderers in Ohio on YouTube and subscribe now. So we got a killer on a run in Ohio. Paula mentioned seeing a shoe print on the inside of the apartment door and Stacy's hand prints on the floor in front of that door. But before I talk about that, I did ask Ashley if she knew how big of a piece of carpet was taken out of the apartment. It
4: was huge. Yeah, so it's, um, but it was probably 20, I mean it was this type of an area it was
0: huge. The shoe print on the inside of the door and Stacy's handprints on the floor in front of that door caught my attention because the shoe print could have come from Stacy's attacker kicking the door. The handprints on the floor in front of the door could have been where Stacy had been thrown down to the floor by whoever was in the apartment with her. These could have been the loud banging noises that the upstairs neighbor heard around 4 a.m. on March 22nd of 1998, along with the screams that he also heard, or the sounds of a sexual nature, whichever version of his statement you may believe. I wanted to know if they all had seen the shoe print and what size of a shoe print was on the inside of that apartment door. The size of a shoe print cannot tell you much about a person, the size of their foot, the kind of a shoe that they wear. Now, sometimes a very tall person or a heavy person will have a longer or wider foot. There is no exact science behind this. However, one could start to possibly guess on how tall or heavy someone could be. Here's what Danielle had to say when I asked her about the shoe print.
5: No, they didn't tell me. So they try to keep a little bit so that when they do this part... That that was probably one of those things that they were keeping under the vest. That's definitely not one that they shared with me.
0: I did see that the shoe print on the door was described as a tennis shoe print. This was Paula's guess on the size of the shoe print that she had seen 25 years ago on the inside of her friend's apartment door.
2: I don't know men's shoe sizes. I would guess, I mean, I, I wear a six and a half woman's. So, um... I would I would maybe, to me, it looked huge. I would say perhaps it was average for a man, so maybe like a 10 or an 11.
0: Paula and I did toss around the possibility that a shoe size could give a good guess about a person's height.
2: Right, yeah, no, I, I didn't even think about that at that age. But, um, I mean, it, it, compared to my foot, it was huge, but I think for a man's foot, it was probably fairly average. Probably I would put it between a nine and a or a ten and an eleven.
0: Yeah. Law enforcement would keep an eye on people as they move things out of Stacy's apartment.
2: Well, and that makes sense because my husband is about six feet tall, and when we were moving things out, we could all feel the detective's eyes very acutely watching him.
0: Yeah.
2: So that that would make sense. Yeah. He probably did wear about the same shoe size as us.
0: I asked Katie about the shoe print on the inside of the door. Did you see a footprint on the inside of that door? Yeah, I remember when
1: we were moving out, we thought that there was a print kind of up high, like waist high or so. And okay. so, we, yeah, we did wonder about that.
0: I want to know whether the shoe print on the inside of the door was toe up or toe down reason for this is that that would basically tell me if a person who kicked the door was facing the door when they kicked it or they had their back to the door. If the toe part of the print is facing up, the person who kicked the door was facing the door. If the toe part of the shoe print was facing downward, then the person more likely had their back to the door and did what people call a mule kick. I asked Katie about this.
1: Yeah, I can't remember that part of it. Okay.
0: I talked to Ashley about the shoe print on the door. Here's Mm -hmm. what Ashley had to say. Did you see any footprint on the door?
4: Absolutely. All of us saw it. And the handprints in front of the door on the floor.
0: Can you tell me can you guess the shoe size?
4: It's definitely a male's It was up high too. It was like midway through the door. It was a big kick.
0: A kick to the middle of the door could have come from a person who was average height, or maybe a little bit taller than average. Ashley did say that the toe part of the shoe print was facing up, which means whoever did kick the door was facing the door at the time that it had been kicked.
4: I would guess, you know, probably a nine or a ten, but it was it was high. Just thought he was kicking it open. It wasn't really until recently I was discussing it with a friend, and I'm like, nope, he was getting it shut.
0: Now, was it, do you remember if the toe was up or down? Up. Okay. That that just tells me if the person was facing the door when they did it or not. You know what I'm saying? Or if yeah, they did, like, a it, mule kick from the back.
4: Yeah, it seems to me her, you know, her fingers were sort of facing each other and facing the door, so it seemed to me that she was, Headed towards the door.
0: Maybe she had got the door open and he kicked it shut.
4: I would believe so. And it wouldn't have been, I mean, the apartment wasn't that big. You know, it was like 600, 700 square feet. So, you know, to get from, you know, either the bedroom, the living room, the kitchen, you know, you got a good start. And you could get to the door at least.
0: Now I do want to point out that the shoe print on the inside of the door could have come from a person who came through the door maybe carrying two armfuls of groceries or whatever and used their foot to close the door. Now Paula mentioned that it definitely looked like it was the size of a man's shoe so this couldn't have come from Stacy who lived alone in the apartment. Alicia was the last person that I had talked to now, when I asked her about a shoe print on Stacy's apartment door, I didn't say whether or not I was asking about the inside or the outside of the door. So when she answered, I believe she is referring to the outside of the apartment door. Here's how Alicia answered my question. Did you see a footprint on the door? No, I would have remembered
3: that. Okay. So I... Old- I in my heart and this is my heart I don't have the physical evidence in my heart feel like this was someone that was an acquaintance of Stacy that it was someone that Stacy probably recognized. I'm not saying it was like a friend, but I think someone that Stacy
0: knew Alicia stated that she did not see any signs of violence in the entryway
3: because she let that person in their house. I did not see any acts of violence, like in the entryway and everything like
0: that. I only bring this up because I wonder if she knew that I was talking about the shoe print on the inside of the door, even though I did not say the inside of the door or the outside when I asked her the question. Or after 25 years, did Alicia forget about the shoe print? Or is it that after all this time she still isn't sure about what she can talk about? It is known that there is no signs of a forced entry into Stacy's apartment. So if Stacy had to have let someone into her apartment, there is still a possibility that someone could have been waiting outside of her doorway. And when Stacy opened the door to maybe leave or enter her apartment, a person could have forced their way into the apartment while the door was open. It is important to know whether or not there was a shoe print on the inside of Stacy's apartment door, and whether or not Stacy's handprints were on the floor in front of that door. Because these could be possible signs of a possible struggle that could have happened in Stacy's apartment. They could have caused the loud banging noises that the upstairs neighbor heard on march twenty second of nineteen ninety eight. This was a missing person investigation. However, after three days of Stacey Colbert being missing, the missing person investigation would be treated like a homicide investigation based on what evidence that law enforcement discovered in apartment A at the Governor Square apartment complex in Columbus, Ohio. I do feel like whoever was in the apartment with Stacy, that Stacy had known the person and for some reason had let that person into her apartment. After all this, the carpet taken from the living room, law enforcement watching as people move things, shoe print on the inside of the door, the handprints on the floor in front of the door, all this only adds questions to the stack of unanswered questions that already exist. In times like this, people think back over all their interactions that they had with a person and try to remember how a person might have acted and why. I talked to Paula about the day Stacy had attended her wedding. You said she attended your wedding, right?
2: Correct. She was one of my bridesmaids.
0: When? What date was that?
2: September thirteenth, nineteen
0: ninety-seven. How she seemed to you on that day?
2: You know, she was um, distant. Um, kind of aloof, I think was kind of was how Ashley described her that day. Um, just not herself. I wrote it off as just being stressed out. She had just graduated from college. Um, and I don't know if she had landed the job at AEP yet or if she was interviewing. Um, she wasn't her normal self that day.
0: Stacy had gone to Paula's wedding alone. Was Stacy stressed about just graduating from Ohio State and starting a new life and career? Or was there something or someone that might have been bothering Stacy? There has to be someone out there that has some information on this investigation. This is Katie again. My
1: feeling is that, um, I mean, it's hard not to have accountability for a really a heinous crime, and someone out there knows they did it. And apparently they're not going to confess Um, in a, you know, in a fair world, they would come forward and they would own the harm and, you know, maybe, maybe they don't even regret it as one of the police officers said to me one time, I mean, maybe it's someone that if they can do this to, you know, small young woman like Stacy, maybe it's someone that can, you know, flip that switch other times and has other victims I think my biggest hope is that maybe other people who knew someone that was a person of interest, you know, 25 years ago can think back to those days and ask themselves if anything seemed out of the ordinary. Uh, I figure at least a few people should probably remember that they had a, had a friend or family member, you know, coworker roommate that lived in Columbus at that time. that mentioned knowing Stacy or maybe acted unusually around the, time of the crime or when her body was discovered. So I, I always wonder, does somebody know something that could kind of close the chapter and maybe they're just not sure? Um, it seems more likely that somebody else would come forward and say something, I guess, versus the person that actually perpetrated the crime.
0: The months would turn into years without any answers or finding 23-year-old Stacy Colbert. There would be no new leads to follow, Someone needs to speak up. On the next episode of Just In Case You Forgot, I will move forward to the year of 2004, when Stacy's remains were found in Delaware County. They reported
5: it, it was like a 40-year-old, but I still got those little hairs raised on the back of my neck, thinking this is, this, I, you know, I have a really
2: bad feeling about this. As long as she was still missing, there was still just that glimmer of hope.
0: Then I will talk to the Delaware County detective who is currently working this investigation. My name is uh, Jeff Bessinger, and I am currently a sergeant with the Delaware County Sheriff's Office When a hunter looking for his lost hunting dog uh, located a skull in the woods. Uh, that started the investigation for Delaware County. That's next time on Just In Case We Forgot. Please remember that this is still an ongoing homicide investigation. If you have any information about the death of Stacy Colbert, please contact the Delaware County Sheriff's Department in Ohio. If you know about the Stacy Colbert investigation and would like to talk to me on this podcast, just in case you forgot, I can be emailed at miopodcast at outlook.com
4: just in case you forgot podcast is produced and hosted by william swafford music was put together by william swafford